1: Spent the final what five or six years of my career, years. five years on uh, our sister station, the Trail 1033, uh, one of our favorite people and certainly one of the all time, perhaps the all time uh, on air DJ here in this fair city of, uh, of Missoula has not been on the air since the day he sped out of here on his motorcycle with his brother in a sidecar carrying a plant <laughs> if i recall if i can recall exactly that summer day this past summer
3: yeah somebody somebody gave me a, a plant or something and my brother jerry was here from uh, from minnesota your midwest correspondent my midwest uh, correspondent <laughs> yeah. and uh so I plunked him in the sidecar, and and uh, he was carrying the plant. And I think I had a few boxes of books and some other stuff I stole from the radio station before I left. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> off we went. And I haven't been on the air since then. And I've got to tell you, gentlemen, first of all, thank you for inviting us in the station for another reason, inviting me to stop on the show here. Yes. I know it's not for my vast knowledge of sports because I've embarrassed myself many times in front of you two on that. <laughs> but but I have to say, I have not been in front of a mic for, I don't know what, 9, 10, well, mid-June of last year. Yeah. Yeah. I got butterflies in my stomach. It's, I'm nervous. It's, it's interesting, it. isn't it. it,
1: when you do something...
3: Basically every day, or almost every for 46
1: day, for forty six years, for so yeah. long, and now you have this long high. It's like golfing, where you know you have you can't go in the winter, and all of a sudden you walk back out there and you go, oh, I think I just broke my spine on the first one <laughs> of the season because I got no idea uh, how to do this. I do. When Craig uh, was here, uh, here we we started actually, Craig, you and I at uh, Missoula Broadcasting at almost the same time, right across from each other yep, in the cube. That's farm. right. We were
3: back to back, yep. uh, over there in the cube farm. Here Here's, here's what I remember from that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Ryan. Right. To tell. Right. Um, yeah, uh missile Broadcasting Company. Right. FM. Uh yeah. Um w- w- would there be a good time when I could call you back? <laughs> <laughs> That, that,
1: is, that occupied many hours you know, of my day. He stayed, yeah, he stayed there, yeah. and he stayed there, yeah. and he
3: stayed there, and finally they found something that was going to work something a little better bit. It's, it's, it's the yeah.
0: It's the entire bane of my existence because our illustrious leader reminds me every day, if Ryan can sell, you can sell. Yeah,
3: right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I tell it's her, a real I don't
0: know how he ever got there, but I. it's, it's the biggest stroke of luck. Craig, you're in luck, though, because I would say at least half the people listen to this show they're, they're not here for the sports. They're here for the idiocy.
3: Oh, well, yeah. And so...
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> no,
4: no, 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 drop, no, 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 no. Okay, now, let's take the cutoff. Now, cut now,
0: uh, now that Tommy okay. isn't here to rail us in, we need a guiding... Okay.
3: We need somebody to steady us out. I tell you when I was bartending at Luke's back in the early 80s, and these two guys came in that we had 86'd before. yes. Yes. Oh, this is live, isn't it? <laughs>
0: oh, <no. Go. laughs> well, so to- Tommy, producer Tommy, now turned engineer Tommy, he left this show in a, in a a, a, b- a blaze of rage, oh. similar to your blaze of glory retirement. But he said, "I'm I'm never coming back," and he's only come back one time to tell us about the time he killed somebody's dog while dog sitting in their house.
1: Wow, like, I don't have well, let's, any stories let's be clear. like that. The dog, the, 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 the dog passed away. He did not
3: kill the dog. Kill he the did the his dog. very best. He didn't save the dog. He did, he did, did not, not save, save the dog. dog. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I wouldn't let him off the hook that easy.
0: Anyways, the point you is, know, the point dogs is.
3: have clean mouths. You do a little mouth to mouth and a couple of chest compressions. You, know? you can bring those suckers back That's with a little g- effort if you if you care. <laughs> clearly he <laughs> does care. not care the no. point
0: is that Tommy now has come back around and he told me the other day he said, I miss hanging out with you idiots so if and when we get our new studio which I live in the world where I believe it when I see it we are going to have he thinks an extra hour each week mm. that is nothing to do with sports and everything to do with everything else so if and when that happens Craig Johnson you're certainly invited back. Okay. And uh, right. I know that you have some plans maybe for the future, too. We'll talk about it at a later date. But uh, Staying you know, alive is the big <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> but, Trendy. Craig, outrun
3: so run the Reaper is kind of what I'm uh, <laughs> all about at my age.
1: <laughs> when you were on, and you you were on uh, the trail uh, for, for for all those years, the end of your career, and the very first time that I ever was on live radio, uh, in my, well, in my adult life, okay, okay. Was, like, uh, I did a, an appearance sort of accidentally as a child once, but uh, was when I was walking by, he's he hey, Ryan, why don't you come in and, and sit down with me? And I was like, but you're working. Craig, I can't I can't be in there while you're no, no, I want you to talk on the radio and I sat down and I was just as just sweating and nervous as I could possibly have been. What what did we talk about? I have Do you no remember? No idea. No, no clue. But from that day forward, every once in a while, you would say, Hey, come sit down with Oh man. It It was always fun. Oh, it made my absolute week every single time. And it was a great thrill to be on the air in general and certainly on with you. And I appreciate all those times that you let me come by and hang out with you on on the trail in the mornings. And I'm happy to reciprocate that in some small fashion here this afternoon. Now, let's tell the people, I mean, a little bit. I don't want to tell, you know, too much. Because we don't know very much. We don't know very much. What we know is this. You have an airstream, and you have a now remote, like moving around the world, recorder, audio recorder, right? And you may be, uh, as you've been spending a lot of time on the road. That's what you and your wife love to do when you have the time. And now you have
3: quite a bit of time. She's still working. My around. wife is. Yeah. My wife is a high school teacher. But
1: now, so where have you looking. been now in the last six, eight months, or whatever it's been since you've uh, since you uh,
3: have been retired? I would say out of the eight months, probably 80% of it was spent on the couch napping. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's the line? My life is a continuous string of endless naps. Is correct? That yeah, that's,
3: that that's, that's on, on, the, the, on the, the whiteboard, yes. Oh, let's see. Last, <laughs> <laughs> last summer when I when, uh, I retired on June 12th, and, and uh, Patty, my wife's uh, last day uh, teaching for the year, was the next day, so I picked her up. Uh, at Hellgate High School, where she yes. teaches, with the Airstream. Uh, and we headed for a little state park outside of Sisters, Oregon. Excellent. And spent, I think, two weeks there hiking every day. There was a little three-mile hike around the, uh, the lake. And so we would go out and hike all day and come back and then hike around the lake. And then we went over to Yahats, Oregon and uh, uh, camped on the beach over there for, I think days, two weeks, something like that. Wow. And you could walk about 14 miles a day on the and beach. And it just up and carries
1: back. on like this until school starts again in the fall and you got to return here and now you work on motorcycles. While you're uh, I've got a little shop out cycle. back and I mess it, with
3: that and yeah. I've proven that uh, that I had heard before that the only difference between a good welder, I have a couple of welders out there, the only difference between a good welder and a bad welder is an angle grinder. <laughs> <laughs> And it turns out that's not true. Okay, no, good. I'm a bad welder. Um, went to Minnesota for uh, pheasant hunting. Yes. I don't hunt. But uh, you were there. But I was there. My brothers Reserving. were there hunting. Yes. So I went to Minnesota for pheasant hunting. Uh, we went up to uh, Isaac Walton right after uh, Christmas for skiing for a few days. And I don't know. We've I haven't had a chance to travel so much because because my wife is still working now. Come this summer, we'll be able to get... Uh, back on the road quite a bit. And but I am I am taking off Sunday for uh, Arizona for some dual sport motorcycle riding for a week with uh, one of my brothers who is down there from Michigan because they go down to get out of the snow every year. Then I'm going to go over to Texas and uh, spend some time in Texas and then drive back up from Texas.
1: Yeah, well it will be nice when you actually get to do something on a bigger scale, Craig. I look forward to that time coming cuz this has obviously all been just a very it's just a warm up. Just, <laughs> yeah. just the yeah. thousands of miles yeah. that you've tracked now. But yeah. now you uh are maybe going to take a recorder with you and maybe uh you know say a few words back to uh your uh, you know here's, to here's, Western
3: Montana for
1: uh, every once in a while.
3: Here's the here's kind of the way this evolved. I was uh I was pretty sure I was done, you know. And how do you come to that conclusion? You just get really old. But see,
0: <laughs> see, there's so many people. Most people I know, even if they're in their 30s, they're dreaming of retirement. Right. I know, have no dream of retirement
3: because you don't think it'll be feasible, or do you? Don't think you'll ever want. To? I
0: don't. I don't think I'll ever want to. Okay. I don't think I will. Maybe from the radio. Maybe I'll get tired of looking at Ryan. Oh, you will. But no chance. I don't think. I don't think I'll ever get tired of writing. I think right. I will write for my whole life. And I think that's why I, I take it as a, I have so much gratitude for that being a gift that I have because it is so satisfying. Will I still write sports journalism stories? I'm not sure. Maybe I'll write a book or something like that. So maybe I, maybe I just people don't People read the... for your whole life, though. Yeah, right. Well, that's it's a good point. A good point.
1: Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, I've retired several times <laughs> already. And how old are you now? And 39, and I can't <laughs> wait for the next one, right. which has got to be less than 24 months away would be my, you know
3: well, I, I did I did radio. I was on air for forty six years, and I just was pretty sure that I was done. and that's that's kind of where I was for quite a while. And when I left, there was kind of this open-ended uh, idea that if I wanted to come back and do some work that I was always welcome. and that it, that was that was really gratifying. and and i and I think the other part of this equation is that any number of other jobs, not all of them, but any number of other jobs that I had had, I would not have gone back and, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, casting aspersions on the way anybody runs their operation, but this, this entity here is, is unique. But I mean, I mean, it, it truly is. They're yeah. having, no having, like I said, done radio, you know, continuously since 1973, this, this is a unique situation. It is, it is familial. It is uh, run by women, which is a very positive force in this day and age, yeah. um, because it's it's run differently when it's run by women. No question, no doubt. And That's one of the best parts about it. It is, and and there is so much. Uh, I don't know. There's a vibe that goes through this place that is unlike any place I I worked before, and I like I said worked a lot of places. Um, so anyway, I kept trying to push it out of my mind you know i wasn't going to do it but i'd be hiking up mount sentinel and i'd have music on whatever player i had it on at the time and put it on shuffle and i'd keep hearing songs i'd say wow that would make a good trail trifecta wow that would be (laughs) a good craigslist wow i could put that with this and this with that and i'd push it out of my mind and then finally one day i was just like something's telling me something's anyway so to make my long story even longer um Got to talking with uh, with Robert uh, Robert Chase who is the program director over at the Trail, and uh, uh, Becky who is uh, uh, the woman in charge. Yeah, and uh, talked about coming back and doing a two hour weekend show, which I think will probably run Saturdays from eight a.m. to ten a.m. and then be available on demand uh, on our website and it will not be a talk show because I don't know how you guys do a talk show. Just as much as a talker as I am, and I am a talker. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I can't imagine filling it that way, but so it'll be primarily music, but what I think will make it different is what you were alluding to. Uh, Ryan was, uh, I'm going to be taking a, a digital recorder with me. I'm going to have the ability to edit on the road. I'm going to be, have the ability to, uh, Phone things back in, not phone, but but uh, uh, get audio back to the to the station. And I'm also going to just keep stockpiling audio from these various trips, whether it's up on top of a mountain, you know, about ready to throw up because of the uh, uh, steepness the of altitude, the hike, yes. And then you talk to some little kid who's jumping around and saying, "Now what?" You know, <laughs> right. um, or sitting at a picnic table at uh, you know Joshua Tree National Park. And doing a show with uh, the sound of coyotes or whatever the hell they have in the background in Joshua Tree. I think it's coyotes. It's coyotes, yes, probably. pretty coyotes, sure, yeah. About yeah. um, to be California coyotes, so they do sound different than the ones on Sentinel. You so know, that's be a better. very good point. A yeah. higher pitch yeah. in those so, Cali coyotes. Part of it is, I, and I don't want it to be a big talk thing, but I do want it to kind of be, I guess, a take on what's going on in the country. And I don't mean a political take. Uh, I mean, it's all the stuff that's out all there. All the stuff that's yeah. out there. And, yeah. and I just feel like people are so stressed these days. On, we were just talking about this. Were you?
0: Right before the show, yes. Yeah,
3: people are. Why
0: is everyone so neurotic all
3: of a sudden? I don't understand. Well, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. You know, but, you know, they are. And I, I, I guess I would like to present two hours every week where you just get a feeling for for, and not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but get a feeling for what's great. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. what, what, what is it that used to make us feel so good that we can't seem to draw up on, you know, that there's this well of great things that we've all experienced in our lives. Why is it that we have such a hard time tapping into that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe just some reminders of the, the good people out there.
1: Well, tell you what, we are uh, very excited when this comes to be, and there's no, we don't have a time frame that we're going to set on this. Probably thing. April. Yes. Okay. We do have a time frame. And April. We,
0: and we will debut it with a podcast like I've been talking to yes, talk yes. Craig into for years. <laughs> uh,
1: but uh, excited to have uh, you continuing on with us, which you've been with us uh, no matter what, uh, but now in the maybe more regular uh sort of occurrence, at least in terms of the audio coming through, and uh and we'll live vicariously through the goodness that you find for us out there in uh, in the wider world as you go. But we uh, we're excited for it and it's gonna be fun to listen to. Uh, well thank you for the opportunity
3: to stop in and talk about it. Of I hadn't course. planned on that, but it really if I could just say one more thing. Yes. Uh if any of your sponsors are completely unhappy with what you guys are delivering, <laughs> uh you know, we are looking for sponsors for this this new show so coming you're
0: up so interior certain- my sales list. Is that what you're saying?
3: Oh, no, and I don't Ryan sell. can
0: do it. You can, you do, can it do it, it right. too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a very low bar. Craig, you're a legend, man. Thanks so much for being here and uh, hanging out with us impromptu, like you did. Always, always the best. Thanks oh, for coming just by.
3: Glad I dressed up. Got a you clean black t shirt on and <laughs> baseball cap.
1: Good to go. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Craig. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in
0: the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time.
1: And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely.
0: Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you
1: business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's Always On World, your business demands a simpler approach to network security.
0: At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana.
1: They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state.
0: So ensure your company's network is online all the time.
1: For more information... Visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. It's 2TEL what 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Our friend Craig coming in studio with us. We appreciate that, man. That That is fun right there, Coulter. You know what I'm saying? You get a guy like that. He, yeah, you could tell very nervous, right? Seemed very nervous.
0: So petrified. Yeah. No, It's, it's amazing. I think that part of human nature, especially in modern society, is that uh, if you live around the same place for most of your life, a lot of people, I think, put it in the back of their minds that they somehow didn't spread their wings or explore. And I think there mm-hmm. is a certain element of truth to that. I think that spreading your wings and exploring is great for people's growth. But also, if you live in a, a community, especially great community like this, like Missoula, or even in just Montana in general, mm-hmm. I think that then you have a lot of chances for your life to come full circle. I was talking to Blaine Taylor on the telephone last night. Blaine Taylor, former University of Montana men's basketball coach. Yeah. And now I'm on the radio with Craig Johnson. If you would have told me that would have been what I would have been doing when I was <laughs> I, like 12 years old, I would have just said... Mama, we made it. Like yeah. that is this is as good as it gets, you know, right. and it is as good as it gets, yes. and it makes me feel so cool. Yes. Like I, I, I told the story on the show before, but I'll tell it again because it's pertinent now with Craig walking out of the studio. When Craig was at. I don't even know if we're supposed to say other radio stations that aren't affiliated with our he was elsewhere when he was at the he was he was DJ at the classic one of the classic rock oh, see, stations yeah, Craig and Owl every morning. I mean everybody knows course. it so we can say it we can well, no I mean, I used to, call, not to say. I used to call that show every single day and request Led Zeppelin while I was <laughs> organizing my baseball cards and I'm sure they got so annoyed with me because I called in every day New Zeppelin track play me some Zeppelin every day kid. Okay, we'll get and you then, some stuff. And then twenty years later, here we are. There I am, stopped into Craig Johnson's cubicle, asking for a piece of homemade bread.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. It's uh, it's too good. Uh, well, we appreciate Craig coming through. We'll take a break. Uh, kind of blew through it here on the first one. We will now get into some basketball this evening. Montana Grizzlies uh, men's team on the road against Northern Arizona. We will hear from Travis DeCure talking about the road swing, starting with Montana State last Saturday and now uh, going down south right after this.
0: Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. We're going to rearrange
1: some things. We are going to hear from Charles Burns, who is a, a freshman at Northern Arizona University, but is from uh, Western Montana, grew up in Lola, went to Loyola in Missoula to play basketball, and is now on the NAU men's team. We'll hear from him here in just about five minutes. But And then we will get into Coach DeCure and, and, uh, and the Grizzly side of this thing in a minute. But Colter... Um, it's been a, a pretty remarkable year for NAU. They have, you know, Coach Murphy moving on. They have a first-year head coach who's only been on the staff. This is his second year. His first year as an assistant coach. Now he's a head coach coming from the high school ranks. You got a bunch of kids who are talented, but you don't know exactly what it's going to look like. And they were picked ninth in the preseason. Now alone in fourth, and the uh, and the last uh, team above 500 as it stands right now in the entire Big Sky Conference. So this NAU team, we've talked about them a little bit, but again, I mean. There, this is this is a real test for Montana, and with four games left to play, they've been on a great ro- winning streak. How many in a row have the have the men as the men teams men's team won right now? For the the Grizzlies? Grizzlies? six in a row. So six in a row. So nobody, you know, we've talked about this. Before. It's not very really like you quote unquote want to want to lose a game, but there are moments where like, Coach Secure does a great job of capitalizing on sort of the next stretch after Montana loses. It seems like. And so if there was a game that Montana was going to lose going into the tournament against a good team, this might be one of those
0: sorts of games, right? It might, but also I think we've been, we've been talking around in circles about the league in terms of trying to balance how even it is and also how bad it is. It's not a good league this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Being even and competitive does not mean good. Right. No. Every coach in the league will tell you you need at least two, and mo- a lot of yours, three all-conference players to win the league. I think there's some guys in the league that are going to get all-conference this year that aren't all-conference players. Yeah. And there's also several first- to second-team top-ten guys that are solo-dolo at their school. They're, they're the only ones. Like yeah. Harold Frey, Yeah, you know, he's got Montana State in the top half, but... If they had one extra guy, where would they be in this league, right? If Trayvon Allen had one extra guy, would they be in the basement? I don't know. Jarek Harding, I mean, you want to believe Cody John could be that guy, but Harding's been hurt. John hasn't risen to the occasion, so there's just a lot of different missing pieces here. I understand the premise of if you're going to have a dip, you want to have it before the tournament, not in the tournament. You don't ever want to have that game where you just don't have your legs or you don't have your energy or you just aren't focused. You don't ever want that to happen on a neutral court, because then you're out. And it's a one bid league. And all of a sudden, especially if you're a program like Montana, your singular goal has been eliminated. Yes. So I understand that premise. On the flip side, I think this Grizz team is solid, not bad, in a bad league. So the most, the more wins they can stack, the better. So on one hand, if they were to lose tonight, I don't think it would be the end of the world. On the other hand, if I'm this team, I want to start embracing the mentality that we can't be touched. Yeah. Right. If they just win 11 or 12, I mean, so I guess if they were to win out, they would be on a 13 game winning streak going to the NCAA tournament. I don't think that's a bad thing, especially considering. The youth that's on this roster—well,
1: certainly not a bad thing, no matter what. If you're going to the tournament, but I think to me the question is not so much about where are you at if if you go to the NC two A tournament, it's where are you at when you get to Boise and how how do you roll through the three games that you're going to have to play in order to get to that place that you want to be. But let's but NAU just briefly, Coulter. Again, this team. Uh, is has has been uh, better than every... You know, a lot of people thought. I think they're the team that is probably the biggest surprise of the year in terms of what they've done relative to expectations. And also, when the Grizzlies beat NAU earlier this year, which was, what was it, 61 days ago that these 61 teams 61 days played? ago, yep. So, huge changes to all this. But also, NAU's best player... Probably Brooks to Bishop did not play in that basketball game against the Grizzlies. So much like Portland State, who was missing their best player, when, or maybe most important player anyway, not their best player, Holland Woods would be that, but uh, when they played uh, uh, the Grizzlies, then when they got him back, uh, uh, they beat Montana at home. Could we see something like that again with Brooks to Bishop playing in this game tonight for NAU?
0: Well, Brooks to Bishop certainly changes what NAU does because Brooks to Bishop, he is the He's the only big guy in the league that can score on the block, is a good rebounder both offensively and defensively, who can also pass. Every other big guy in the league who can do the first couple things that I mentioned, they don't pass. Josh Patton at West State doesn't pass. Jabril Bellow at Montana State, they don't pass. They literally yeah. don't pass. They get the ball in the post, and they go to work. Brooks DeBishop, I think, is seventh in league play in assists. He's by far the leading passing big guy in the league. He's averaging three and a half assists a game. That leads to so much of what NAU does in the half court, specifically open shots for Luke Adalovich, who's one of the best shooters in the league. Cam Shelton can create off the dribble, but he also can shoot it. So NAU in the half court, their spacing is essential. And Bernie Audrey, his ability to add a three-point shot, now all of a sudden you have multiple guys that can attack you. They have some of the best balance in the league, and DeBishop is definitely the centerpiece because he's the rare new-school big guy who plays old-school. He can run the wheel around him. He can kick out of the post. He creates open shots for other guys, which is becoming more and more rare. It's 2TEL nuanas 102.9 ESPN Radio.
1: I think we got an interview to get to. Let's do it. Well, we go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in a uh, freshman basketball player, a uh, guard at Northern Arizona University, but from Lolo, Montana, by way of Loyola Sacred Heart, Charles Burns joining us. Charles, how you doing, man? Good. Uh, thanks for having me. Absol- Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, we're happy to have you on here, and it's interesting and timely as uh, the Montana schools are doing the NAU swing this week on uh, Thursday and Saturday, respectively, going to be there in Flagstaff. But you uh, were in Missoula and in Loyola uh, at Loyola and Lolo as well. How did you get to NAU? I know your dad played there, so it was on your radar, but ultimately what got you down into uh, Arizona? Yeah, um,
4: well, NAU was the first school i applied for you know right when i you know senior year i was starting to apply for schools that was my first choice you know it's always been you know a dream from of mine just you know get down to nau and you know at least just you know be a part of the school you know basketball has been a big passion of mine so um you know i've watched nau for years as you said you know my dad played there so we've been living in montana but we've been big big nau fans so um got in contact with coach murphy and um you know he said you know there wasn't really a spot for me and um but you know they'd love to have us down as you know more of a, as a manager than than anything and so you know I, I gladly accepted that but when I heard you know Burkhart took the job um you know he gave me a phone call and he asked me he's like you know we want guys who want to be here you know want to be a Flagstaff want to be a Lumberjack and um we think that's you so then he offered me the walk-on spot and you know i of course of course, I accepted that, so that's how I ended up here.
1: And so when you start, you know, when you show up and you have the coaching change, and now it's Coach Burkhardt and he's giving you even more of a shot, you know, to be on the team and doing that, what's it been like to just be, you know, working through your freshman year there and being a part of the team?
4: Right, you know, it's a completely new game. you know, from, you know, high school basketball at Loyola to, you know, college basketball here in Flagstaff. And, you know, Burkhardt's been, you know, handling that transition, you know, incredibly well. And you know when I've been talking to the seniors. They said that you know he's been you know handling that really well. And I think you know he's he's a great coach. So you know he's taught me a ton of stuff. You know not just with NAU basketball with basketball, but um, also you know life stuff. You know so the important stuff as well. So.
1: And, you know, it's so interesting because with the coaching change and everything like that, I think people, you know, weren't sure what to make out of Northern Arizona. But here we are with four games left, and, and the Lumberjacks are fourth in the conference, sitting there in a, in a bye position in solo place at 9-8. Uh, at and eight. Only three games left for you guys. Yeah. So, I mean, how has it gone so well? What's gone right this season for NAU?
4: Well, right from the jump, um, Burkhart, you know, said how, how, you know, how much he believed in this team. And I remember um, the standings, you know, came out for the Big Sky, you know, um, I think it was probably right on uh, October or so or whatever it was, and you know we were listed at ninth, and you know like he just could not believe it, you know, he's like this is not us, like he he know he knew he had so much confidence in us, and he's been saying that since day one, you know, and it's not just you know lip work or you know him just talking, he he, he truly believes it, and so do we, so that's what landed us here today.
1: Charles Burns joining us. He's a guard for Northern Arizona's men's basketball team. He's a freshman there at NAU and uh, from Lolo by way of Loyola. And, you know, you play four years for Eddie Stack at Loyola. There's some high-level basketball teams that you were a part of for the Rams that were there. But like you said, it's a, it's a whole different deal when you move from the high school game up to the uh, Division One college game. What what do you what, what, what do you think got you set up the best from a basketball standpoint playing at Lolo? And then what's been sort of the biggest jump to
4: you? Well, um I mean, like you said, uh Coach Eddie Stack, you know, he's he's brought me to, you know, where I am today. You know, he's he's taught me so much um with the game and and as long as my dad too, you know, because he knew what that jump would be like going from high school basketball, you know, he played he played at Florence and um going from high school basketball to the college level, you know, at the same school. So, you know, he's he's taught me so much with you know, what to expect with that transition and and you know, he's just got me mentally prepared. And obviously, you know, with physically prepared as well. So,
1: and that's got to be a kick for him, right? Your dad, Brian. I mean, to to think that you're doing essentially the same thing, going from you know Western Montana to NAU to play college ball. Right. I mean, that's 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 a thrill, right?
4: Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, going from you know in my rival school being you know being a Ram, he anyway, went from Florence to to um, you know NAU. So um, yeah, that was that was that was a big help for me, you know, because not a lot of kids, you know, get this opportunity to play at, you know, a division one. So, um, especially from, you know, from Montana, it's just tough, you know, getting out of Montana for that sake. But, um, yeah, he's prepared me for, for you know, as come, so.
1: So, Charles, outside of school and basketball and all that, best thing about Flagstaff is what?
4: The people. It's, it's no question. Um, the people here are, are just awesome. They're so helpful and, and this kind, you know, I've just met so many people this year, just because you know they're outgoing you know I mean people will just talk to you just to talk, you know, which is not you know it's not much different from Montana, you know people friendly in Montana will talk to you, so right um that's a, that's the biggest thing I think that I've noticed being here.
1: Well, Charles, we certainly appreciate, again, NAU hosting Montana on Thursday and then Montana State on Saturday. So uh, a big week of basketball to finish out the Big Sky Conference schedule, just about finish it out for NAU, one more game after those two. So, Charles, we certainly appreciate it, and best of luck to you both this year and going forward at NAU, all right? Yeah, well, thank you
4: for having me. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Charles Burns joining us, former Loyola, Sacred Heart Ram, and now an NAU Lumberjack and uh, NAU hosting the Grizzlies tonight, 7 o'clock in uh, in Flagstaff. Speaking of, we will hear from Travis DeCure, talk about this game a little bit more right after this. (laughs) Coulter, you have a business and your business is
0: based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time.
1: And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right?
0: Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business
1: owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's Always On World, your business demands a simpler approach to network security.
0: At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana.
1: They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state.
0: So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information... Visit goblackfoot.com
1: slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. You asked uh, Travis DeCure about the road swings, three road games in a row now for the Grizzlies dating back to last Saturday where they played uh, and won at Montana State. And now they are on the road uh, at Northern Arizona and then at Sacramento State. And the question is just how do you kind of get going on the road and navigate this three-game stretch where you got to play away from Dahlberg Arena?
5: Yeah, I think these guys have done a good job of staying focused one game at a time. I think the biggest thing for us is just understanding that um, we're both better than we were last time we played NAU, same thing with Sac State,
0: and we're going to play better than we played at home uh, if we think we'll get out of here with wins. NAU specifically, they've turned the corner big time in their first year under Coach Burkhardt. So, I mean, what have been the biggest differences you've seen in that team?
5: Uh, Multiple scores. Uh, You know, they've got four guys in double figures. any guy can have a big game, which makes them very difficult to defend. They shoot the ball well. Um, and I, I think it's a group that, you know, when when you lose a head coach and you lose um, some good players, the guys that kind of hang around for, you know, what's next typically come together, and I think they're very cohesive.
1: They certainly are very cohesive, and I guess that's a key, uh, I mean – Anytime you're trying to win basketball games, but especially when you're on the road and trying to, you know, do a little bit of us against the world or as it what might be in some cases, us against nobody. Like you get these these cavernous buildings. NAU, I'm not talking about how many people they draw, but the building that they're playing in, it's hollow in that thing, man. You gotta kinda bring your own juice to the floor.
0: Yeah, I mean NAU is only averaging uh, five hundred and forty six fans per home game. And that's in a ten thousand seat football arena. Right. So, cavernous is, is one way to say it. Dakir was referring to the the, the coming together not of only of his team, but of Northern Arizona as yeah. well. And I think that that's the interesting part about low-major college basketball is that it is so easy to transfer now. You really can just leave on your own accord, especially with the transfer portal. It used to be up to the coach to give you a release. Now you can go to the coach and say, Coach, I'm putting my name in the portal. Give me my release. Yeah, And so... If you have an allegiance to a coach when a coach is either fired or move, moves on, and, and let's be clear, Jack Murphy was not fired at Northern Arizona. He moved on to coach at the University of Arizona. Right. But I think he knew his time was wearing thin, so he he exited before he had a chance to get fired. Smart career move. He's he's much in the same vein as a Brian Fisher Montana State where mm-hmm. Jack Murphy's made to coach as an assistant in the Power Five. That's what he is. He's a recruiter. He's not an in-game manager. He's not a personality guru. He's a guy that's going to go get you a bunch of good players. That's what he did at NAU. They he could just never get them to play together. Yeah. He got he had he had more guys quitting the team at semester than any other program in the league. More guys transferred in the offseason, more new guys. He brought in a bunch of talented new guys all the time. But that's what you see here. They had Ted McCree left the program midway through this year. They had a bunch of guys leave in the offseason last year. Uh the Johnson kid, he ended up grad transferring to Wake Forest and so the guys, now all of a sudden, you don't have this overflow of too many good players that don't have any way to fit together in a in, with chemistry. Now, the guys that stayed are the guys that probably like NAU, like Flagstaff, and like each other. And then you give them a new voice in Shane Burkhar, and now they're playing together. And honestly, the core of Cam Shelton, Brooks DeBishop, Bernie Andre, and Luka Dolovich and Cameron Satterwhite is their fifth that's a good core. I mean, it's a good core, especially in this specific league because there isn't a bunch of great teams. Right? Like when you say, okay, NAU was picked ninth and they're sitting in fourth. They're the biggest surprise in the league. Broadly, that's true. But to me, if you were to rank the rosters in terms of the talent that they have, I honestly think that the league is almost chalk. The only two exceptions really are NAU being maybe a spot higher than you think and Montana State being in the mix. Because if you rank the rosters in terms of talent, I think it goes Montana, who's in first, Eastern Washington and Northern Colorado, who are tied for second, and then I think Portland State is fourth, and they're actually in fifth place. I think NAU is fifth, and they're actually in fourth place. Mm -hmm. And then I think Montana State, I don't know if Montana State's actually more talented than Southern Utah or... I mean, even uh, they're, they're more talented than Sac State, and they're yeah. definitely more talented than Idaho State and Idaho. Are they more talented than Weber? No. I don't think so. So it's interesting to to break it down like that. But the point is that uh, Burkhardt has done a good job there in terms of getting the guys who stayed to play together, and now they're playing a little bit better. But, I mean, as Travis Takir told us when we, he was in here last week before the Grizz game, he said, in terms of jobs where you have advantages and disadvantages, every job in the Big Sky has advantages and disadvantages. But he said he thought that the best jobs in the league were Montana and Weber because of their outstanding tradition, right? Portland State because of their recruiting base and their new arena, and Northern Arizona. It wasn't Eastern Washington or Sac State or Southern Utah that he mentioned. It was Northern Arizona. Well, it's because they've had success. They, they do have a little bit tradition. And they're proximate too, right? I mean, they're, they're in a place where you are... Well, sort the, of, right? David and I were talking about this off-air. They're they in a place where you're by big metropolitan areas... But it's still really hard to get there. Like You can't fly into Flagstaff, really. So even if you're two hours from Phoenix and three hours from Vegas, you're driving, and it's through a canyon. So it's interesting because they do have a fertile recruiting base at their quote-unquote doorstep, but not really.
1: I mean... I understand what you're saying because they're up on the plateau and they're you know everything like that. But I mean, I I mean I would expect that you would drive if it's two to three hours away. Just in general, I mean, unless I mean unless I so you get the commuter plane or something sure, like that. Right, I mean, right. if you're, I mean, that's just what you're going to do. That's how that's how. Not so much for the recruiting side of it, but if you're talking about you know what do we talk about Eastern Washington? Why do so many kids from. F- How are they able to get some of the talent that they're able to get there where it doesn't necessarily match up at times with what you think of when you think of Cheney, Washington, or what the school is and that sort of thing? The reason – there's multiple reasons. We talked about the academic side of some of this stuff, but also they are in Washington. They're the number three institution in terms of size and athletics in the state of
0: Washington behind – Washington and Washington State and in recent years in terms of college basketball in terms of chances to get to the tournament you could actually argue that Eastern Washington has as good if not a better chance than Washington State just in, because of certain circumstances sure sure
1: totally and so but in any case i mean if you're the number i don't know if they're number 3 technically or whatever and in, in the state of Arizona mm-hmm. but after Arizona State and Arizona mm-hmm. you know quote unquote have their pick then you know you're there as as sort of an in-state institution, and also the Vegas thing, like that is that is that does matter. There's good basketball being played in Las Vegas, at the high school levels, and it's a major metropolitan city at this point. And so there's th- those are some of the things that are advantages. Though, as you've, have you as you said, I mean, there's there's plenty of weirdness about the walk up Skydome. And, and have you ever been to Flagstaff? No, yes, I've been to Flagstaff. I've never been to Northern Arizona's campus.
0: So describe Flagstaff for people that haven't been there. I mean
1: it's not what you think of when you think of Arizona. I mean, we can start there. Absolutely. You know, it's a high mountain town. What is it's it like more Missoula. like?
0: It's like Montana, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I describe, my family's from Sedona, Arizona. Yeah. That's where my parents are from. Sedona is the Red Rocks. When, when you drive up the canyon, you got to drive up the hill from Phoenix, mm-hmm. and you're gaining elevation. Mm-hmm. Sedona is the beautiful, epic Red Rocks that's like Mount Zion or like um, Zion, Zion National Park, Park except for yeah. even, even more accentuated in terms of how specific the features are. Right. It's an epically beautiful place. I mean, it's, it's almost it, it's almost like your eyes are deceiving you when you're there because you're in the high mountain desert, 6,000 feet, and these Red Rocks, they look just like what their names are, and it's it's bizarre to see. But then you keep driving up the hill, and then you get to the heavily wooded area in Flagstaff. Flagstaff to me is like I, the way I've always described it to people is it's it's Missoula combined with like a heavily wooded maybe Idaho town yeah that has uh, that where everybody's been baptized by the Eagles it's it's like the end of route it's like the, it's like the end of Route 66 right okay. yes it is it's like the end of Route 66. If you were to... Craig Johnson would led the show with us today, right? Yeah. And Craig's from the Midwest. Yeah. I thought that was just jaw-dropping when he told me that. Because if you would have made me guess where Craig Johnson was from, I would have said Northern Arizona. Yeah. Right. That's what Northern Arizona people are like. Very wise and intellectual, but also a little bit of an edge. It's they the, like it's They like the to rural, ride their motorcycles. The rural Southwest deal of
1: being in the desert, the high desert, living off the grid, you know, all that kind of stuff and not, you know, not sitting here talking about just like crazy people who are chasing UFOs and Roswell, but, uh, but, but there is a lot of right. the culture of that sort of world
0: is unique. It's Pe- just so unique. People has always talked about keep Missoula weird. Yeah. Flagstaff will never not be weird. Yeah. Flagstaff is one of the weirdest places. <laughs> and when you're talking about like guys like you and I. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. But when you're talking about 18 year olds, I don't really know. Like, yeah. if you're from Vegas, do you really want to move to the middle of the woods where it's 6,900 feet above sea level and play in a football arena? David just sent another great point across. The one thing that sometimes we forget too is that there's Arizona and there's Arizona State, but mm-hmm. then there's also Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. which is an enormous university who has just exploded onto the scene. And when you look
1: at Gran- endless amounts of money, I mean, Grand Canyon, Canyon is in the city. A new basketball arena. <laughs> I as mean, well. Grand- I, like ten new, ten new sporting, like right complex of and, and their basketball arena is insane yeah, yeah, yeah. they're
0: the, what they've done with marketing i mean if you if, if you are reconciling yourself as a mid-major marketing program to say eh kids just aren't going to come out to games anymore you're wrong look at what grand canyon's done obviously they have the population base to work with but they were a non-existent program that now has i mean they have thousands of students going to games and they're partying under the lights everybody's waving the shirt and they got the the balloons that you bang together. I mean, they also have a former NBA player and a Phoenix Suns legend. I mean, Dan Marley as their head coach. But Thunder still, I, but David made a great point. That impacts any of you as well. No, I mean,
1: it, it certainly does. And that's, uh, you know, it, it's... I got many thoughts. I'll leave them at this point. But it, I, I, it, I, you're I, think, right.
0: I think that the I've talked about this with, with people in Bozeman a lot, too. Missoula remains a very funky and very cool town. It's appealing to people of all ages that live here. I think that people can have be, be free and they can have fun, whether they're 20 or 60 in Missoula. I think that's why it continues to grow. And all of a sudden, even after a little bit of a lapse, it's now starting to thrive again. But I think when you're talking about places like Boulder, Colorado, or even Fort Collins, Colorado, Flagstaff, Arizona, Bozeman, Montana, those places seem just awesome to guys in their thirties. Hmm. Do they actually seem cool to seventeen year olds though? Right. Right. Yeah, like the when I'm selling
1: fireplace is cool, but you know, is that when I'm place. selling yeah.
0: you Bozeman, Montana, mm-hmm. when you're a seventeen year old from Seattle, do you actually care about mountain biking and fly fishing yet? I don't really know if you do.
1: Yeah, well I mean I I I know that I I don't know. All, all I'm the, sorry all, people I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say look, I, I know where I live Okay I'm from here Okay I hate fishing So very <laughs> much And and I God bless all the fishermen And the fisherwomen fishing out there Fishing is the absolute worst Oh uh, See I, We finally
0: I, found something That we all three agree on It's just
1: I, I just So no The answer is no I don't want to go to Bozeman Or Missoula And fly fish Thank you But then some people Sure I'll go sit on your boat And watch you do it Totally You know
0: I'll play with the fish as it's in the the Yeti. Totally. But I guess what I'm getting at is that if you're going to – like right now, Montana, Montana State football, they're both recruiting kids that do fit into all the elements of the communities because of where they're recruiting from. But when you you just broadly say, well, NAU should be able to get it rolling in a whole bunch of sports because they're really close to Vegas and Phoenix – I just don't really know how many young people from Vegas or Phoenix care about anything that Flagstaff has to offer. Well, and again, a lot of times, like like I interviewed Henry Noose from Kalispell yeah. yesterday. He's coming to play DN for the Grizz. He told me, man, number one thing I was sold on in Missoula is I can't wait to to fish the Blackfoot. Right. But he's from Kalispell. Sure,
1: sure. And and he's obviously insane because he loves to fish. <laughs> but the, the, all I'm saying, when, it, when you talk about proximity, is there is a certain... First of all, it's it's not proximity. Just because you're close, like in terms of miles, you just have more people to look at. I mean, you're, you're talking about eight million people between these two major. I mean, Phoenix is a number five. It's the fifth largest in city in America, right? Totally. You know, so it, 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 it you just the numbers are just so large that like ninety seven percent of the kids are probably all going to be like Flagstaff, no thanks. But three percent of the kids is still a thousand kids or whatever. Total, you know? well,
0: totally and and to make the point come full circle. If you can get kids from Las Vegas to move to Cedar City, Utah, you can get them to move anywhere. <laughs> that's good, and Southern Utah that's has all point. sorts of dudes that's for Vegas on for both football and basketball. Uh
1: one quick uh, uh other piece of sound we just want to play for you, but Brooks the Bishop will be playing in this game. He did not play in the game in Missoula uh for Northern Arizona. He's a 6'9 monster, a big, big kid. He's averaging 13, 14 points a game, uh, but he is he is uh you know a serious interior guy in the big sky conference and one that you know is is going that they're going to play through and so the question to, to coach secure is just how different is nau when he's
5: on the floor they're a different team um you know we prepared for them to have him we didn't know he wasn't playing until the time and so we prepared for a team that had a center and all of a sudden we played against five perimeter players so we kind of had to change up what we had spent time practicing uh on the fly Um, And and so that was very difficult. So hopefully the preparation we put in to playing them the first time uh, will will come to fruition for this
1: one. So there you go. I mean, the gear talked about that. You know, I mean, we've already we already prepared for this, and then we didn't see it. So we'll see. But you also can prepare as much as you want, but until it's real, you know, it's not real. And they've played against some bigs this season, but again, there's not a ton of 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 really good. True big men in the Big Sky Conference, and Brooks DeBishop is is one of those guys, and so he could. We'll see how many problems he's able to cause. Guys like Jared Samuelson, Mac Anderson, all on the block.
2: Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.